I speak to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We live in a culture that encourages us to find ourselves, get in touch with our deepest felt passions to pursue our dreams. This assumes, of course, that many of us have the foggiest idea of what those things are. Even more, it makes us both the lost and apparently the search and rescue party who will do the finding. If we're lost, adrift, well, it's up to us to find ourselves, which sounds suspiciously like the self-improvement trap that undergirds so much of American and all modern life. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. But the truth is, Though we might be lost, though we might need finding, we cannot find ourselves. In fact, when we're lost, we might not even realize it. That's certainly the case for the sheep and the coin today. When challenged by the religious leaders again about who he's hanging out with, spoiler alert, they're sinners, Jesus responds with three parables, lost sheep, lost coin, lost son, though we only hear the first two today. One of a hundred sheep is lost and needs to be found. One of ten coins is lost and needs to be found. Neither does a thing to get unlost. Neither even knows he is lost. The sheep has wandered off, perhaps has found some good grass and the desert is munching away happily, only starting to realize, hey, wait a second, where is everybody? And it's getting dark and are those eyes the eyes of a hyena over there? And the coin, well, the coin has no consciousness whatsoever. It's just in a dusty corner or under a bed having rolled there after the woman dropped it. The lamb and the coin are lost. They don't know it. And they cannot do a thing about it. And yet we, we focus on the lost thing. We spend a lot of time thinking about that lost sheep or the lost coin, and we spend way too much time thinking about the lost son, just as the religious leaders of the day couldn't take their eyes off the lost, tax collectors, sinners, who are now eating with Jesus. After all, losers get our attention, but not in a good way. Think of the last loser you ran into. You get to define that how you like. Did you feel pity? Contempt? Did you wish that he or she would just shape up already? The lost, sheep, coin, son, 
the lost get our attention, but the attention in the parables that Jesus tells is not on the lost, but on the finder. The focus is on the joy in the finding. Here, the shepherd, having lost one of his hundred sheep, leaves the other 99, not in a guarded pen, but in the wilderness, in order to go after the one. He climbs down into ravines, braves thorns and wild animals until he finds that one sheep. Rejoicing, he carries it home, then calls all his friends and neighbors together, inviting them to rejoice with him because he's found the sheep. Here, a woman, having lost one of her ten coins, gets down on her hands and knees, looks in the dark corners where the cobwebs are, turns over the pillows on her couch, shines a light under her refrigerator where all the crumbs and the tumbleweeds of cat hair are, until she finds that one coin. And then when she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors to rejoice with her. Our attention is meant to be on the finder, not so much the found. Both finders are relentless, extravagant, even ridiculous in their efforts to find. We're used to hearing these stories and they can kind of get glossed over by years and too much handling, but imagine them this way. Which one of you, chaperoning a hundred fifth graders on a school field trip to Manhattan, having lost one of them, wouldn't leave the other 99 in Central Park in order to wander down every side street, stop every cab, look in every store and restaurant until you found the one? Upon finding that one who is cluelessly staring into the windows of FAO Schwartz, you lift that 90-pound 11-year-old onto your shoulders, walking all the way back to the park, asking all the chaperones and also random people on the street along the way to rejoice with you that you found this one kid, the one you lost. Only when you get there, you find that the 99 you left are scattered. Or perhaps, perhaps there's a woman who has a collection of beanie babies and having lost one of her 10, she stops everything to turn over her house to find the one she lost. And once she finds that one, she invites all her friends and neighbors over to her house for dinner. She spends a few hundred dollars to celebrate that now devalued beanie baby because she's so overjoyed. Weird. The finder, the finder is over the top, relentless, diligent, but let's face it, a little ridiculous. The finder is willing to put all at risk in order to find the lost. The finder is willing to spend more than the lost is worth to celebrate because he or she is so overjoyed that the lost has been found. Now perhaps that makes sense since Let's be honest, in these parables, the shepherd and the woman seem to be responsible for the loss in the first place. What doesn't make sense is the bit about there being more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 who need repentance. I don't know if Jesus or an editor felt the need to clean up the parables, 
But that explanation does not make sense. After all, the sheep and the coin, they don't do a single bit of repenting. They're not sorry, they're lost. The lost didn't unlose themselves. The lost got found by a tireless, dogged, joyful finder. And of course, there's no such thing as a righteous person in need of no repentance. Who among us doesn't need to turn again to God to change our mind about sinfulness? So, lost sheep, lost coin, who can do nothing to find themselves, a careless shepherd and woman losing then finding one of the many that they have rejoices extravagantly, even ridiculously, upon the finding. Now, parables are notoriously slippery things. They're meant to stop us in our tracks with their vividness, their strangeness, causing us to have doubts about the meaning so that we might engage with them in our own minds, just trying to figure them out. When hearing them, we often want to turn them into allegories. The shepherd and the woman stand in for God. The lost things are people, sinners, you, me. God goes after them and finds them. Perhaps. I'm not sure. But here's what I think I do know. Things, people, get lost. And in God's economy, God's flock, God's household, that's not okay. There are no acceptable losses. Not of religious leaders, not of disciples, not of the righteous, not of the outcast, not of the sinner. In fact, it seems like whoever did the losing, however we got lost, God takes responsibility for it. Being lost is so not okay and so far out of our own control that the finder is willing to lose 99 to find one, willing to spend more than what the lost is worth in order to celebrate the finding. Friends, no matter what our culture or popular psychology tries to tell us, we cannot find ourselves. Heck, we don't even know when we're lost most of the time. No, we, we need the one who is always seeking us, who's always scanning, searching for the lost. The one who, while we were yet sinners, died for us. We need that one to find us. And when we or any lost one is found, there is an endless party, endless rejoicing in heaven. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.